All right, good morning and welcome to It's Lit with Mitch. I am Mitch, your host. I read powerful literature out loud from beginning to end, pausing to reflect, react, and interpret what I'm reading. Um, Currently, I am reading the Holy Bible and we're two books in. Uh, We just finished Exodus uh, and finished Genesis a little under a month ago. Um, So it is taking a little bit of time. Um, But nonetheless, we're going to get through this whole well, I'm going to get through this whole book day by day, piece by piece, uh, and ultimately end up with a great library of uh, an initial Bible study. Um, anyway, uh, I'm an atheist with strong Christian sympathies, and I'm reading the Bible um, mostly to really better understand where all these people that I care about are coming from. I want to know why these you know brilliant respectable people who are all over in my life they surround me there there are far more of them who believe in the bible than there are of me who you know have uh, a really sh- big struggle uh with something you know that amounts to faith uh so i want to understand what is in this book that one what is in this book that speaks to them, that brings so much meaning to their lives. I have to say, getting through Exodus, we are 87 pages into this big old thing here. Getting through Exodus, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, we've done two discussions as well with outsiders um, or people of faith who've come in to help me walk through each of the two books, Genesis and Exodus, uh, and, and you know understand their interpretation, and we're going to do more of that in the future. Um, so, Today, I start Leviticus, and uh, I'm just excited to jump right in. So we're going to get started, and I'm going to try and pick up the pace, because at the rate we're going, I'm going to be reading this book for three years and doing episodes for three years, and I initially thought, oh, maybe I can knock the Bible out in like six months. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, maybe if I pick up the pace, we can can get on with it. So, all right. I have a drink of coffee, and we're going to get started with Leviticus chapter 1. Procedures for the Burnt Offering The Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning of the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock, 
It may be either a sheep or a goat, but it must be a male with no defects. Slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will splatter its blood against all sides of the altar. Then cut the animal in pieces, and the priests will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning of the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you present a bird as a burnt offering to the Lord, choose either a turtle dove or a young pigeon. The priest will take the bird to the altar, wring off its head, and burn it on the altar. But first he must drain its blood against the sides of the altar. The priest must also remove the crop and feathers and throw them in the ashes on the east side of the altar. Then, grasping the bird by its wings, the priest will tear the bird open, without, but without tearing it apart. Then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar. <laughs> then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Little sadistic too, <laughs> but I understand. Chapter 2, Procedures for the Grain Offering. When you present grain as an offering to the Lord, you must your offering must consist of choice flour. You are to pour olive oil on it, sprinkle it with frankincense, and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priest will scoop out a handful of the flour moistened with oil, together with all the frankincense, and burn this representative portion on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons. This offering will be considered a most holy part of the special gifts presented to the Lord. If your offering is a grain offering baked in an oven, it must be made of choice flour, but without any yeast. It may be presented in the form of thin cakes mixed with olive oil or wafers spread with olive oil. If your grain offering is cooked on a griddle, it must be made of choice flour mixed with olive oil, but without any yeast. Break it in pieces and pour olive oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is prepared in a pan, it must be made of choice flour and olive oil. No matter, no matter how a grain offering for the Lord has been prepared, bring it to the priest who will present it at the altar. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain offering and burn it on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain of the rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons as their food. This offering will be considered a most holy part of the special gifts presented to the Lord. Do not use yeast in preparing any of the grain offerings you present to the Lord, because no yeast or honey may be burned as a special gift presented to the Lord. You may add yeast and honey to an offering of the first crops of your harvest, but these must never be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. I never forget salt. If you present a grain offering to the Lord from your first portion of your harvest, bring fresh grain that is coarsely ground and roasted on a fire. Put olive oil on this grain offering and sprinkle it with frankincense. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain moistened with oil together with all the frankincense, and burn it as a special gift presented to the Lord. Procedures for the Peace Offering, Chapter 3. We're just racing through here.
If you present an animal from the herd as a peace offering to the Lord, it may be a male or a female, but it must have no defects. Lay your hand on the animal's head and slaughter it at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, will splatter its blood against all sides of the altar. The priest must present part of this peace offering as a special gift to the Lord. This includes all the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. These must be removed with the kidneys, and Aaron's sons will burn them on top of the burnt offering, on the wood burning on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you present an animal from the flock as a peace offering to the Lord, it may be a male or a female, but it must have no defects. If you present a sheep as your offering, bring it to the Lord, lay your hand on its head, and slaughter it in front of the tabernacle. Is this the same thing? Oh, no, it's different. The first one was if you present an animal from the herd. This one is if you pre present an animal from the flock. Lawyers, man. <laughs> Aaron's sons will then splatter the sheep's blood against all sides of the altar. The, priests, the priest must present the fat of this peace offering as a special gift to the Lord. This includes the fat of the broad tail cut off near the backbone, all the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. Of the liver. Long lobe of the liver. That's a tongue twister. These must be removed with the kidneys, and the priest will burn them on the altar. It is a special gift of food presented to the Lord. If you present a goat as your offering, bring it to the Lord. Lay your hand on its head and slaughter it in front of the tabernacle. Aaron's sons will then splatter the goat's blood against us all sides of the altar. The priest must present part of this offering as a special gift to the Lord. This includes all the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. These must be removed with the kidneys, and the priest will burn them on the altar. It is a special gift of food, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. All the fat belongs to the Lord. You may never eat any fat or blood. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation, wherever you live. Chapter 4. Procedures for the Sin Offering Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. This is how you are to deal with those who sin unintentionally, by doing anything that violates one of the Lord's commands. If the high priest sins, bringing guilt upon the entire community, he must give a sin offering for the sin he has committed. You, he must present to the Lord a young bull with no defects. He must bring the bull to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle, lay his hand on the bull's head, and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain of the sanctuary. The priest will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the bull's blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the priest must remove all the fat of the bull to be offered as a sin offering. This includes all the fat around the internal organs, 
the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. He must remove these along with the kidneys, just as he does with cattle offered as a peace offering, and burn them on the altar of burnt offerings. But he must take whatever is left of the bull, its hide, meat, head, legs, internal organs, and dung, and carry it away to a place outside the camp that is ceremonially clean, the, the, the place where the ashes are dumped. There, on the ash heap, he will burn it on a wood fire. If the entire Israelite community sins by violating one of the Lord's commands, but the people don't realize it, they are still guilty. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. <laughs> when they become aware of their sin, the people must bring a young bull as an offering for their sin and present it before the tabernacle. The elders of the community must then lay their hands on the bull's head and slaughter it before the Lord. The high priest will then take some of the bull's blood into the tabernacle, dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the inner curtain. He will then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar for fragrant incense that stands in the Lord's presence inside the tabernacle. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar for burnt offerings at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then the priest must remove all the animal's fat and burn it on the altar, just as he does with the bull offered as a sin offering for the high priest. Through this process, the priest will purify the people, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. Then the priest must take what is left of the bull and carry it outside the camp and burn it there, just as is done with the sin offering for the high priest. This offering is for the sin of the entire congregation of Israel. If one of Israel's leaders sins by violating one of the commands of the Lord, but God doesn't realize, but his God doesn't realize it, he is still guilty. When he becomes aware of his sin, he must bring as his offering a male goat with no defects. He must lay his hand on the goat's head and slaughter it at the place where burnt offerings are slaughtered before the Lord. This is an offering for his sin. Then the priest will dip his finger in the blood of the sin offering and put it on the horns of the altar for burnt offerings. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he must burn all the goat's fat on the altar, just as he does with the peace offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the Lord from his sin. Will purify the leader, excuse me, from his sin. The Lord, Lord is the word right under it. Making him right with the Lord, and he will be forgiven. If any of the common people sin by violating one of the Lord's commands, but they don't realize it, they are still guilty. Let me guess. They have to slaughter a goat, dip a finger in blood, and then dump the rest out, put it on the horns, and burn the fat. Let's find out. When they become aware of their sin, they must bring as an offering for their sin a female goat with no defects. They're switching it up. They must lay a hand on the head of, that, of the sin offering and slaughter it at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. Then the high priest will dip his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar for burnt offerings. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he must remove all the goat's fat, just as he does with the fat of the peace, of, uh, uh, of the peace offering. He will burn the fat on the altar, and it will be a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Through this process... The priest will purify the people, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. If the people bring a sheep as their sin offering, it must be a female with no defects. They must lay a hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it at the place of burnt offerings. 
Then the priest will dip his finger in the, Lord, in the blood of the sin offering and put it on the horns of the altar for burnt offerings. He will pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he must remove all the sheep's fat, just as he does with the fat of the sheep presented as a peace offering. He will burn the fat on the altar on top for... He will burn the fat on the altar on top of the special gifts presented to the Lord. A lot of prepositional phrases there. Through this process, the priest will purify the people from their sin, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. Chapter 5. Sin. Sins requiring a sin offering. If you are called to testify about something you have seen or that you know about, it is sinful to refuse to testify and you will be punished for your sin. Or, suppose you unknowingly touch something that is ceremonially unclean, such as the carcass of an unclean animal. When you realize what you have done, you must admit your defilement and your guilt. This is true whether it is a wild animal, a domestic animal, or an animal that scurries along the ground. There it is again. Or suppose you unknowingly touch something that makes a person unclean. When you realize that you have done what you have done, you must admit your guilt. Or suppose you make a foolish vow of any kind, whether it is whether its purpose is for good or for bad. When you realize its foolishness, you must admit your guilt. Mm, I like the this is now it's getting interesting. Those first four chapters were rough. I'm just highlighting that. I really like the, uh, you must, you know, you must testify about something you've seen and you know about. I think that's a good general rule to follow. Uh, and suppose you make a foolish vow of any kind, whether its purpose is for good or for bad. When you realize its foolishness, you must admit your guilt. That one is really important because we have a proliferation of foolishness today. And evidently back then, or this rule wouldn't be made, right? Um, one thing I've talked with some people about is how in reading the Bible, you come to realize that there's nothing new under the sun, right? Which is kind of fun to read. I, you know, I thoroughly enjoy history. And so I felt that way uh, from just enjoying, you know, learning history over the years. Um, the Bible's great. And that's sort of a different, you know, suppose you make a foolish vow of any kind, whether the purpose is for good or for bad, it's sort of a different way of saying, you know, the road to hell can be paved with good intentions. But if you realize that your well-intended policy that you're taking, be it personal or political, is actually causing harm, well, when you realize it's foolishness, you must admit your guilt. Meaning, you need to acknowledge it and change, you know, make adjustments. Anyway, I digress. When you become aware of your guilt in any of these ways, you must confess your sin. Oh, now we're going to, now we're getting right back to the sheep offerings. You must bring to the Lord as the penalty for your sin, a female from the flock, either a sheep or a goat. This is, this is a sin offering with which the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord. 
But if you cannot bring a, afford to bring a sheep, you may bring to the Lord two turtle doves or two young pigeons as the penalty for your sin. One of the birds will be for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. You must bring them to the priest who will present the first bird as the sin offering. He will wring its neck, but without severing its head from the body. Then he will sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering against the sides of the altar, and the rest of the blood will be drained out at the base of the altar. This is an offering for sin. The priest will then prepare the second bird as a burnt offering, following all the procedures that have been prescribed. Through this process, the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. If you cannot afford to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, you may bring two quarts of choice flour for your sin offering. Since it is an offering for your sin, you must not moisten it with olive oil or put any frankincense on it. Take the flour to the priest, who will scoop out a handful of representative portion, or scoop out a handful as a representative portion. He will burn it on the altar on top of the special gifts presented to the Lord. It is an offering for sin. Through this process, the priest will purify those who are guilty of any of these sins, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. The rest of the flour will belong to the priest, just as with the grain offering. Procedures for the guilt offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, If one of you commits a sin by unintentionally defiling the Lord's sacred property, you must bring a guilt offering to the Lord. The offering must be your own ram with no defects, or you may buy one of equal value with silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. You must make restitution for the sacred property you have harmed by paying for the loss, plus an additional 20%. When you give the payment to the priest, he will purify you with the ram sacrificed as a guilt offering, making you right with the Lord and you will be forgiven. Suppose you sin by violating one of the Lord's commands. Even if you are unaware of what you have done, you are guilty and will be punished for your sin. For a guilt offering, you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects, or you may buy one of equal value. Through this process, the priest will purify you, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. This is a guilt offering, for you have been guilty of an offense against the Lord. Chapter 6 Sins Requiring a Guilt Offering Then the Lord said to Moses, Suppose one of you sins against your associate and is unfaithful to the Lord. Suppose you cheat in a deal involving a security deposit, or you steal or commit fraud, or you find lost property and lie about it, or you lie while swearing to tell the truth, or you commit on any other such sin. If you have sinned in any of these ways, you are guilty. You must give back whatever you stole, or the money you took by extortion, or the security deposit, or the lost property you found, or anything obtained by swearing falsely. You must make restitution by paying the full price plus an additional 20% to the person you have harmed. On the same day, you must present a guilt offering. As a guilt offering to the Lord, you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects, or you may buy one of equal value. Through this process, the priest will purify you before the Lord, making you right with him, and you will be forgiven for any of these sins you have committed. Further instructions for the burnt offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. 
the burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning, and the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. In the morning, after the priest on duty has put on his official linen clothing and linen under undergarments, he must clean out the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Then he must take off these garments, change back into his regular clothes, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning the priest will add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. Further instructions for the grain offering. These are the instructions regarding the grain offering. Aaron's sons must present this offering to the Lord in front of the altar. Alt, uh, altar. The priest on duty will take from the grain offering a handful of the choice flour, moistened with olive oil, together with all the frankincense. He will burn this representative portion on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Aaron and his sons may eat the rest of the flour, but it must be baked without yeast and eaten in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. Remember, it must never be prepared with yeast. I have given it to the priests as their share of the special gifts presented to me. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. Any of Aaron's male descendants may eat from the special gifts presented to the Lord. This is their permanent right from generation to generation. Anyone or anything that touches these offerings will become holy. Procedures for the Ordination Offering Then the Lord said to Moses, On the day Aaron and his sons are anointed, they must present to the Lord the standard grain offering of two quarts of choice flour, half to be offered in the morning and half to be offered in the evening. It must be carefully mixed with the olive oil and cooked on a griddle. Then slice this grain offering and present it as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. In each generation, the high priest who succeeds Aaron must prepare this same offering. It belongs to the Lord, and it must be burned up completely. This is a permanent law. All such grain offerings of a priest must be burned up entirely. None of it may be eaten. So I have a question. Uh, why is the Lord requiring burnt offerings so frequently. What is it about fire? Like, what is it about burning the offering? Um, and, and right here, you know, he makes sure to say, he said it before too, but it belongs to the Lord and it must be burned up completely. I'm just curious uh, what, what the, you know, maybe there's symbolism there or is that, is burning something like, this is going to be dumb, by the way. But is the burning something like the chemical conversion into something useful to the Lord? <laughs> so, yeah, that sounded dumb when I said it too. So, I don't know. Why is it so important to burn, to burn these things? Uh, or to have like a burnt offering? So, anyway, further instructions for the sin offering. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the sin offering. The animal given as an offering for sin is a most holy offering, and it must be slaughtered in the Lord's presence at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. The priest who offers the sacrifice as a sin offering must eat his portion in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. 
Anyone or anything that touches the sacrificial meat will become holy. If any of the sacrificial blood splatters on a person's clothing, the soiled garment must be washed in a sacred place. If a clay pot is used to boil the sacrificial meat, it must then be broken. If a bronze pot is used, it must be scoured and thoroughly rinsed with water. Any male or from a priest's family may eat from this offering. It is most holy. But that offering for sin may not be eaten if its blood was brought into the tabernacle as an offering for purification in the holy place. It must be completely burned with fire. Burned with fire again. Now we'll do chapter 7. Further instructions for the guilt offering. These are the instructions for the guilt offering. It is most holy. The animal sacrificed as a guilt offering must be slaughtered at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered, and its blood must be splattered against all sides of the altar. The priest will then offer all its fat on the altar, including the fat of the broad tail, the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. These are to be removed with the kidneys, and the priest will burn them on the altar as a special gift presented to the Lord. This is the guilt offering. Any male from a priest's family may eat the meat. It must be eaten in a sacred place, for it is most holy. The same instructions apply to both the guilt offering and the sin offering. Both belong to the priest, who uses them to purify someone, making that person right with the Lord. In the case of the burnt offering, the priest may keep the hide of the sacrificed animal. Any grain offering that has been baked in an oven, prepared in a pan, or cooked on a griddle belongs to the priest who presents it. All other grain offerings, whether made of dry flour or flour moistened with olive oil, are to be shared equally among, the pri among all the priests and descendants of Aaron. Further instructions for the peace offering. These are the instructions regarding the different kinds of peace offerings that, that may be presented to the Lord. If you present your peace... Uh, lost my spot. If you present your peace offering as an expression of thanksgiving... The usual animal sacrifice must be accompanied by various kinds of bread made without yeast, thin cakes mixed with olive oil, wafers spread with oil, and cakes made of choice flour mixed with olive oil. This peace offering of thanksgiving must also be accompanied by loaves of bread made with yeast. One of each kind of bread must be presented as a gift to the Lord. It will then belong to the priest who splatters the blood of the peace offering against the altar. The meat of the peace offering of thanksgiving must be eaten on the same day it is offered. None of it may be saved for the next morning. If you bring an offering to fulfill a vow, or as a voluntary offering, the meat must be eaten on the same day the sacrifice is offered. But whatever is left over may be eaten on the second day. Any meat left over until the third day must be completely burned up. If any of the meat from the peace offering is eaten on the third day, the person who presented it will not be accepted by the Lord. You will receive no credit for offering it. <laughs> no credit. <laughs> By then the meat will be contaminated. If you eat it, you will be punished for your sin. Meat that touches anything ceremonially unclean may not be eaten. It must be completely burned up. The rest of the meat may be eaten, but only by people who are ceremonial ceremonially clean. If you are ceremonially unclean and you eat meat from a peace offering that was presented to the Lord... You will be cut off from the community. Oh, if you touch anything that is unclean, 
whether it is human defilement or an unclean animal or any other unclean detestable thing, and then eat meat from a peace offering presented to the Lord, you will be cut off from the community. The forbidden blood and fat. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. You must never eat fat, whether from cattle, sheep, or goats. The fat of an animal found dead or torn to pieces by wild animals must never be eaten, although it may be used for any other purpose. Anyone who eats it, who, uh, excuse me, anyone who eats fat from an, uh, from an animal presented as a special gift to the Lord will be cut off from the community. No matter where you live, you must never consume the blood of any bird or animal. Anyone who consumes blood will be cut off from the community. Well, at least this is just banishment. I mean, in, the, in, the, in Exodus, it was, you know, right to death. Right to death must be destroyed. Here, it's just, you know, you'll be cut off from the community. That's way better. A portion for the priests. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present a peace offering to the Lord, bring part of it as a gift to the Lord. Present it to the Lord with your own hands as a special gift to the Lord. Bring the fat of the animal together with the breast and lift up the breast as a special offering to the Lord. Then the priest will burn the fat on the altar and the breast will belong to Aaron and his descendants. Give the right thigh of your peace offering to the priest as a gift. The right thigh must always be given to the priest who offers the blood and the fat for a peace offering. For I have reserved the breast of the special offering and the right thigh of the sacred offering for the priests. It is the permanent right of Aaron and his descendants to share in the peace offerings brought by the people of Israel. This is their rightful share. The special gifts presented to the Lord have been reser reserved for Aaron and his descendants from the time they were set apart to serve the Lord as priests. On the day they were anointed, the Lord commanded the Israelites to give these portions to the priests as their permanent share from generation to generation. These are the instructions for the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering, as well as the ordination offering and the peace offering. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses on Mount Sinai when he commanded the Israelites to present their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Alrighty. That was a lot for today. We're going to call it a day. I will talk to you maybe tomorrow.